Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James, James chapter 1. I've got to write myself a note here, y'all. Hold on for one second. James chapter 1. <clears throat> kind of chilly outside, isn't it? About three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I went into Becky's office and I said, look, I said, we, we, you know, this time of year, what we don't, she said, yeah, it came up on my memories. It's, uh, it's time for a chili cook-off. I said, well, call Donna, call Donna, and y'all come up with a date and let's, let's schedule it. And Donna must have had some sort of, like, ability to prognosticate what the weather was going to be this week. Huh? I, yeah, I mean, I, did y'all have a word of prayer or anything, Becky, before y'all? You didn't? Because, I mean, la last weekend it was, like, not cold. And it's, it's cold. Was it last weekend it was? I can't remember. I mean, every, uh, did anybody else, January just seems like a blur? I mean, it just, just flew by. But tonight is the perfect night. And if, it, if you're too warm, you can step outside and eat your bowl of chili. And some of the chili that was made, you're going to have to sit outside to eat a bowl. <clears throat> it didn't eat out the bottom of the crock pot? Close, okay. <laughs> All right, turn to James chapter 1. In our last study of, of the book of James, we saw the nature of our trials. We're going to be tried. Any complaining? We, we're going to be tried. But we saw the nature of our trials, where they come from, why they exist, and to whom we need to cast blame upon when the trials come. We saw that God allows us to go through trials to make us spiritually stronger. But he does not, church, he does not tempt us with evil. God does not tempt us with evil. If we give in to evil desires, we are to blame Satan for tempting and ourselves for giving in to the temptations themselves. Nobody saying amen. But that's who we need to give blame to. We are more often than not to blame for giving into the evil desires. Tonight, we're going to see what, what should take place, not should take place in our lives as we walk with God through the trials. So as we're walking through, through these trials that God has given us, or Satan's in place in front of us, we should see something growing in ourselves. <clears throat> now, I want to be the first to say, as I've said before when we hit scriptures like this, that what we're going to talk about tonight <clears throat> is not always easy. It's not always easy at all. And never are they popular things to do. But as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, we learn to trust and rely more on Him and less on the world. We will see these changes in our lives. Sooner or later, we should see these changes in our lives. They will become easier for us to obtain, and we will strive to achieve what we see tonight more and more. So let's read James chapter 1, verse 19. And James write, writes, My dearly beloved brothers, understand this. Everyone, everyone, that's, that covers everybody. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Sounds like it's going to be a popular sermon, doesn't it? 
quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Slow to anger. For man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all moral filth and evil excess. Humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save you. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Y'all please underline verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and right away forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is, and, and, and is not a, a forgetful hearer, but a doer who acts, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks that he is religious without controlling his tongue, <coughs> but deceiving his heart, his religious religion is useless. Hey, let's read that one again. Verse 26 says, if anyone, like there's not somebody out here like this, if anyone thinks his relig- he is religious without controlling his tongue, but deceiving his heart, his religion is useless. Pure and unadulterated religion before our God and Father is this, to look after orphans and widows and their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this this night that you've given us. We thank you for allowing us to come in on this cold night, to sit on these padded pews and these warm walls. God, to hear more about you. So Lord, in these next few minutes, I pray that you would just still our hearts, open our minds, and prepare us, Lord, to hear a message from you. Not only hear it, God, but to, to really want to take something away from what we hear that we might be better servants for you. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, <clears throat> amen. There's a reason, church, that James says we should do all things we just read about tonight. Now, James said it. Y'all, y'all don't be mad at me, okay? James said that we should do all these things that we read tonight. Well, well why? Why? Well, look right above it at verse 18. He says, by his own choice, he gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be the first fruits of his, create, of his creatures. Church, because of what Christ did for us, we should be willing to do what James is telling us to do in tonight's study. We should. Think about everything heaven is full of. I can't imagine, I mean... What creatures are in heaven? I mean, you see how eagles soar in the air and and a dolphin just glides through the water and how just a sparrow flies through the sky. And and just here recently, there's a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, there's a ravine back behind our house, about 150, 200 yards behind our house 
that's always got water sitting in it. And the frogs just started, I don't know why, I mean, it got, it got cold again, but last night they were so vocal. Out of all of things that God created, we're his first fruits. We're his first fruits. We should be willing to do what James is telling us to do. We should want to do them. We should want to do better at them. Amen? So, what, what do we see? The first thing we need to do is, is understand this. Watch what you say and how you say it. This, Miss Sue, this goes all the way back to when we were children. Y'all remember? Y'all remember your teachers in school? I mean, all the way back to kindergarten. Becky, you remember? I mean, if you don't have something nice to say, oh, that's not what I was told. Keep your pie hole shut. That's what I was told. No, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Steve, I don't know how you put up with it. Look at him over there. He's saying, yeah, I know this. I mean, Karen, you listening? Underline this. We need to watch what we say and how we say it. Church, Scripture says, tonight our Scripture says that we need to be quick to hear. Hear. God gave us two ears and one mouth. And somebody told me years ago, Jonathan, you listening? We need to listen twice as much as we talk. <clears throat> Growing up, Stanley, I don't know if this had anything to do in the, in the military. You tell me if it was true. But my dad used to always tell me to be careful of people who were quiet. Is that in the military too? Because they're listening. They're, they're paying attention. To everything that's said, and it's not so they can go back and tell everything they've heard. I mean, they, they're, just, they're, just, they're just listening. And those are the people who are usually, when something comes out of their mouth, it's usually brilliant. Just brilliant. I, I've told you all of a, a man that I dearly loved when, <clears throat> when I was at my home church, Jim Pack. He, he was not involved in church when I first got saved and started going to church something happened I'm not sure what happened but he came back and he got back involved and he became a deacon and then he became the chairman of the board of deacons I never I never did that I was never offered it never wanted it wouldn't have taken it but uh, Jim would listen to everything everybody was saying and he wouldn't say anything and then when somebody would ask him, Jim, what do you think? He would just kind of push back in the chair and he'd rub his face somehow and he'd say, guys, I've heard everything that y'all have had to say and I think this is what we need to do. Just listen. We, we need to listen. The lost world needs us to proclaim the word of God, but we need to be willing to listen to the lost world, their hurts, their, their heartbreaks, their, their anguish, what, what, what they need in their lives. Listen, we, we need, James says we need to listen. This is not about saying that, that we need to, to be quick to hear so we can gossip and complain. No, not at all. If we were to stop reading tonight's scripture right here, 
one might be able to conclude that this scripture is saying is that we need to listen to others with their best interest at heart. We do. We need to listen. I hear so many Christians say that, that they cannot hear the Holy Spirit talking to them. And my reply to them so often is, is are you listening? Are you listening? I can't hear the Holy Spirit. Well, are you listening? It's funny, I heard a story years ago, Trey, you'll like this. There was a, a lady and her husband, and they were walking just on a, down the, in the park. And she said, boy, the crickets, listen to the crickets. I mean, they're just amazing today. And he said, I don't hear the, she, he said, I don't hear the crickets. Do what? And she said, I, I don't hear the crickets. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And about that time, she pulled her hand out of her pocket and some change hit the ground. And he said, hey, listen, you just dropped two quarters, three dimes, and a nickel. He couldn't hear the crickets. But he heard the, the change and knew exactly what he didn't even have. He didn't look up. He knew what hit the ground. Do you know what that tells us, church? We listen to what we want to hear. We do. We listen to what we individually want to hear. James then tells us that we need to be you know, quick to listen, but we need to be slow to speak. I am not focusing on anybody in this room. <laughs> We need to be slow to speak. I had to learn this. I was bad, wasn't I? When we first started dating, I mean, if somebody said to me, I, I mean, I would pop off at the mouth in a heartbeat. Uh, what, what should we do when somebody says something to us and we just don't like it? Huh? Just, I mean, walk away. Mark Honeycutt, who's been here at our church, he did Compassion. Y'all pray for Mark. He's not... I just pray for Mark. Uh, this was his famous response. Y'all, and I, I mean, I wish that I could think of this I, I, more often. This is what Mark would say when somebody said something to him that he didn't like. I'm sorry I didn't meet up to your expectations. Do y'all know why I remember that so well? Because he said that to me one time. <laughs> I said something to Mark. We were in class, and he was my professor, and uh, he said something, and, and I came up to him after the class, and we kind of bantered back and forth, and I don't think that it got heated, but he just turned around and looked at me, and he says, Mr. Waddell, I'm sorry I didn't meet up to your expectations. Have a nice day. That's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're the closest friends now, but I mean, it, it's, it, it stays true. We need to be slow to speak. Why, why do we need to be slow to speak? Well, the first reason is this. A word, Proverbs 25, 11 says this, a word spoken at the right time. A word spoken at the right time is like golden apples on a silver tray, meaning they are beautiful and everlasting. But when we compulsively speak, we often tell truths or half-truths more often. When we compulsively speak, we speak not what's on our heart, but what's on our mind. And too often we tell people, I'm going to give you a piece of my, my mind. And what we need to be given them is a piece of our heart. That's why we need to walk away and, and get our composure before we talk to people. When people come to you and they're mad at you, whether it's a work environment, whether it's you know, your neighbors or whatever, and, and you can tell they're mad. 
It might be one of your children. It might be your husband. Look at him and say, listen to me. I understand what you just said, and it's upsetting to me. Let me walk away and let me just let it, you know, let, let me wrap my head around it so I can't, can come to you and talk to you when I have my head on straight. But that's what we need to do. Slow to speak. Because I'm telling you, listen, some of y'all are wired and I used to be wired this way. If you come at me, I am going to cut you with my words. And I'm not cutting you at your kneecaps. I'm going for your throat and your neck. With your words, go straight for the throat. We need to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Church, we had <clears throat> a child, one of our children. I'm not going to tell you his name, but his initials were Kyle Jr. Y'all, I don't, I can't remember what age he was. I, five, six, seven, eight years old. He would not shut up. He, Stanley, he talked to hear himself talk. And at that age, at that age, Gary, there were many times where I turned around and I said, son, just shut your mouth. Be quiet. Stop talking. Because you're, you were talking just to hear your voice, didn't he? God love him. He grew out of it. But it about drove us crazy. Well, what are you saying, Brother Kyle? Stop talking so much. Do. You know, cell phones, I hate cell phones, but one thing I do like about cell phones is texting. You don't have to talk as much. And listen, you know, there's people who will just talk your ears off. Just talk, 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 talk. I mean, we, we, make, we, we talk about somebody, you know, who comes and does stuff here at the church. And, you know, just, I mean, you can't talk. I mean, you can't talk and have a three-second conversation with him. I want to text him. Stop talking so much and listen is what James is saying. Listen, it's scriptural. But he says something else. He says, we need to, to listen more. We need to speak less, but we need to be slow to anger. We need to be slow to anger. And God has really worked on me with this throughout the ages and throughout the years. James tells us fast why it's wrong to be quick-tempered. Anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Now, I want to tell you something. My, my wife has helped me with this because I, I had a bad, bad, y'all, I used to have a bad, 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 bad temper. And she still, she still protects me to a certain degree because, I mean, I, I, can, I can deal with a lot of stuff, but if you mess with my wife or my grandkids, it's on. Just the other day, we went to a, a, the Mexican restaurant, the buffet, El Poltro, that we love to go to, <clears throat> up beside Big Lots on Abercorn. And we're walking to the car, and she said, I'm glad, I mean, we got, we got done eating just at the right time. And I said, why? She said, because this man kept staring at me and making faces at me. And I was like, why didn't you tell me when we were sitting there? And she said, because I know you would have run your mouth to him. <laughs> There, there, James is not telling us you, you're not to have any temper whatsoever at all and you're not to protect those you love. He's not saying that at all. But we need to understand what James is saying is our anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. 
And, and listen, sometimes you, you, we do need to be angry. But I, I want you to understand this. This is, this is a prime example. When my dad, when I was growing up, he, he would go from zero to 350 in about 2.3 seconds. And you know what I would do? I'd shut down. I'd completely shut down. And when the world sees us as Christians acting in anger, that's what they do. That's what a Christian's like. That's what they do. They point for that's what a Christian's like. So he's saying, be slow to anger. Is this the testimony that you want to leave as an angry person? Do any of y'all know any angry Christians? I know a few, don't you? <laughs> I mean, just angry. Do you know nobody wants to be around them? And, and get this, they can't figure out why, Caleb. Why, why, don't, why, don't, why doesn't anybody want to be around me? Th there was one church we served at, this one individual, this one man, every, he'd go in and fix his plate and sit at a table. You know who'd sit with him, Jeff? Nobody, not even his wife. His wife didn't, did she? Nobody wanted to sit with him. Why? Because he was angry. He walked around with a scowl on his face all the time, just nasty. I don't want to leave that kind of testimony. But then James says this. He says we need to get rid of something. <clears throat> Some of y'all women need to pay attention. Some of y'all don't like to get rid of nothing. Nothing. We got rid of a bunch in our last move, didn't we? What do we need to get rid of? Moral filth. Now I could, John, you, you, you and I, you know, I could, I could spend the rest of the time on this. I could preach a whole sermon on, on this topic right here. What, Brother Kyle, wait a minute. What, what's moral filth? It's a broad array. Whatever you just thought of, that's moral filth. James says you need to get rid of it. And it should be very easily determined. The Holy Spirit that's living with inside of you, if the Holy Spirit just, just, just wipes you clean, makes you fall to your knees, that is moral filth. You need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. You don't need it in your life. And I'll tell you why here in a second. He says we need to rid ourselves of these that we might, oh, excuse me, moral filth is number one. The second thing is we need to get rid of evil excesses. Anything that's evil. Well, how do you know what's evil? The same way you know what something is, is, is morally wrong. The Holy Spirit's going to scream to you, that is not good. Is there, listen, y'all listen to me. <clears throat> is there anything, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Gary, you might get, come up here and protect me after the message. I mean, is there anything in any believer, and y'all tell me online if I'm wrong here too, that a believer a Christian ought to have a Ouija board in their house. Talking with evil spirits. Should, should a Christian, a person who calls himself a Christian, play with a Ouija board? No. I mean, I, I don't even like to walk by them at the store and see them. I, I mean, I want, I want to just hide them behind stuff so people won't buy them. We need to rid ourselves of moral filth and evil excesses. Well, why? He tells us. We need to rid ourselves of these that we might implant in its place, guess what? The Word of God. 
with them with evil excesses and, and, and moral filth in here, we can't, it's, it's taken up a void in our life, in our body, in our, our spiritual walk that should be filled with the Word of God. We need to get rid of it. Why? To get more of the Word of God in us. That's pretty good, isn't it? James, I like James. But there's more. James says, don't be a hearer of the Word. Be a doer as well. Does this message need to be preached in most churches today? Don't be a hearer of the Word. Be a doer as well. Who is James talking to here? Could it be that just as it is in his time, as it is in ours, the majority of church members are hearers only and not doers? <coughs> they hear and they're full and they're capable and they have the ability. They're hearers, but they don't do or they're not doers. How can I transition from being a hearer to a doer. Find where God's working. Henry Blackaby, how many of y'all went through, uh, was it Master Life or Experiencing God? How many, did any of y'all do Experiencing God? Find where God is at work. Y'all remember the rest of it? And meet him there. Find where God is at work and meet him there. Y'all, I went to church, let's see, seven, seven, I started going at 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, either 23 or 24. And I was, I was who James is talking about here. I was a here. Now, there ought to be a transitional period, I mean, where you go from lost, dead in your sins, saved, and you're spiritually growing to become a doer. I mean, there's, there's a period of time, and I, I can't tell you what that time period should be, but you should transition from being a hearer only to a doer. We all should. What does it mean to, to find God where's, where he's at work? <clears throat> when I was at Calvary for four, five, six years, I don't know, I, I was a doer. But I knew I loved you. I knew I loved you. And Ron Gordon was an older guy, I love Ron, and he said, just out of the blue, he came up to me and he says, would you consider being a substitute teacher in my Sunday school class? I teach ninth through 12th grade boys. I said, sure, I'll, I'll pray about it, and I did. And I became ninth through 12th grade substitute Sunday school teacher. I filled in sometimes when Ron had to work and uh, what have you, and that, that, was my, that was my first step. Jeff, that was just a baby step. I mean, I, I just took, took a baby step, that's it. But I became a doer. And y'all listen. God grabbed hold of me. I had a love for those boys, and I still, still do uh, to this day. They still communicate with me, and I still communicate with them. One of them just now, one, in that ninth through 12th grade class, uh, he graduated from the same school that I graduated fruit, from Fruitland, and he took a church. Brandon. What do you mean? Listen, I, I took that first baby step, and God made me a preacher from that first step. 
doesn't mean he's going to make everybody a preacher. Don't let it scare you, Cameron. Just because you take a step and you become a doer instead of a listener, that doesn't mean God's going to make you a preacher. But that is the natural progression that God has for all of us. He created us to be doers, not hearers only. Okay? So the next thing James deals with is this. Religion. Religion. Religion will send a person where? To hell. Religion will send us straight to hell. Now please hear me again and underline and circle verse 26. Have you ever noticed that people who think they are so spiritual are the ones that run their mouth the most? Y'all ever notice that? People who think they're so super spiritual, they can't do what James told them to do at the very beginning. You need to listen more and talk less. It's like they, they skip over that or they take a crayon or a, a, a Sharpie and just mark that out of their Bible. Well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm different. You sure enough are. You really are. Church, these people run the church down. They run church members down. They run the choir director down. They run the youth workers down. They run the pastor down. They even trash the man who, who, who comes to pick up trash at the church, and he doesn't even go there. He doesn't even go to the church, but they run him down. Please do not take my word for what I'm about to say here. Listen to the word, what the Word of God says about religion. Look at, look at relig- what he says about religion. He says, by, whoop, 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 whoop. let me find it. I lost it. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, but deceiving his heart, his religion is now, don't you get mad at me. That, that's, that's what the Word of God says. Y'all know, I, as I read this and I studied this, there was a time where I should have pulled old K, uh, crazy Kathy to the side years ago and in love said, listen, I want you to understand something because, boy, she would run her mouth all the time. Y'all, I don't know anybody really at this church that does that. There's one at every church, but there's not one. Gary, do you know anybody who just runs their mouth all the time? I don't, I, don't, I mean, we have, you know, people with different attributes, but I, I don't know any. Becky, is there somebody here at this church who just runs their mouth all the time? Wait a minute, I just thought about somebody. No, Listen, and I should have told her, crazy Kathy. Now, I should have I should, I should have called her that. I said, if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, grab your tongue with your hands and control it, person. But deceiving their heart, his religion is useless. Now, this thought goes back to verse 20, says. When you've grafted the word of God into your heart, things are going to be different. Amen? When you get rid of the moral filth and the wickedness and the excessive talking and you're listening more, and you're filling the void in your heart with the Word of God, you are going to be different. 
Listen, if you cannot control your tongue, there's a very strong possibility that you have never rid yourself of the filth of the world and grafted the Word of God into your heart. I just said it. James ends by telling us in verse 27 what true religion looks like. Look at verse 27. He says, pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this. Do you have it? Is this scripture, can you, can you claim this scripture? To look after orphans and widows and their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. Is the world staining you? That's how we can qualify ourselves as who we are. Church, when we accept Christ, things are, are going to change. Some things over time and, and some things immediately. What you need to see that these, these, there, these needs to change in your life, what do you see that needs to change in your life? I know what needs to change in my life. What needs to change in your life? You should be able to see that there's something that needs to be changed. If you see there is nothing in your life that needs changing, you may be lost and need to come tonight and accept Christ as your personal Savior. When you truly are saved, you can always see in yourself things that need to be better than they currently are. Can you see that in your life? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we love you and we thank you for this night. We thank you for your scripture. We thank you for your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just be with us right now and lead us and guide us during this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves as you do. God, that we might be greater servants for you. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come?